Welcome to We Are Free. I am your host, Becky Marchecho, and you're listening to episode 44. This is a podcast about letting go of what we think our lives should look like and the sweet freedom God has for us on the other side of surrender. My guest today is Darina Lazo Gilmore Young, and Darina is a mama to three strong girls. She is a widow, an author, a runner, a foodie, wife to Sean, and lover of sunrises and sunsets. And there is a lot more to her story, but we're going to dive into it. So I'm going to let her share a little bit more about that. But welcome, Darina. Becky, thanks so much for having me. It's an honor. Yeah. Um, you guys, Dorina was doing something pretty cool last night. She was having a photo shoot for a new book she has coming out in, is it October? Uh, September 29th. Okay, close to October. September 29th. Yeah. Uh, tell us about it a little bit. Yeah, um, it's a devotional book that's being published by Bethany House Baker Books. And it's called we, It's called um, Walk, Run, Soar. And it's partly just, you know, it's a devotional, but through those devotionals, I'm sharing my story of how running has been my grief therapy and has really helped me in connecting with the Lord during a really hard season. Mm -hmm. Um, And my husband, Sean, actually helped. He's a running coach. And so he wrote coaching tips and workouts. So there's some practical things that are great for walkers and runners. And then there's also the spiritual connection, which I wrote. That's so cool. That's kind of fun that you guys did that together too. Yeah, it was a fun project to collaborate. Yeah. Um, Darina, tell us a little bit um, in the bio, I mentioned you're a widow and that is obviously a big part of your story. Um, Tell us a little bit, just take us back six, seven, eight years. um, What life looked like then when you were married to your first husband, Eric Lee. Um, Tell us about your life together, what marriage and family looked like, what you thought life was going to look like. Yeah, thanks for asking. Um, so Eric Lee and I met through a missions trip through our church. We were in the young adult, like young singles group together, and he actually was leading a mission trip to Haiti. His grandparents were pioneer missionaries to Haiti, um, gosh, 70 years ago. Wow. <laughs> so there's quite a history in, yeah. in their family. And he actually was a track and field runner and coach and triathlete marathoner. Um, So I just met this guy at church and he talked about this mission trip for our group and just being a runner and an athlete myself, of course, it kind of piqued my interest. So I ended up signing up for this trip and I was relatively new to the church and that was an amazing life-changing trip on so many levels. Yeah, um, There were nine of us who went on that trip and we were all single, you know, career adults and our career, young career pastor went with us as well. And we became really tight friends. Um, so long story kind of sped, sped up through that time is that Eric Lee and I forged a friendship on that trip and I ended up coming back to Fresno where we live in California and helping him do some coaching at the local high school where he taught. Um, And eventually we led another team to Haiti and he proposed to me on that trip the following summer. Yeah. So it's just kind of a fun beginning to our story. Um, I actually went to Haiti on my own and did some work with the nonprofit that his family um, operated and I taught English there. So even before we got engaged, Haiti was 
my first love and knit its way into it, my heart and the people there. So I knew in us getting married too, that Haiti would be, you know, such an important part of our union Yeah, um, and the mission work there. So, yeah. So we got married in, let's see now, 20, um, 2003. Okay. Is that right? <laughs> you goodness, tell me, my girl, dates, I know. My dates in my mind, it's like they all blur together mm-hmm. in that whole season. Um, yes, we got married in 2003, and then we ended up having three girls together. And our oldest now is 14, and then I have an 11-year-old and an 8-year-old. Um, so all girls. I'm a girl mama. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that was sort of the beginning of our life. We, um, we ended up starting a nonprofit that was basically working with the same ministry that his grandparents started. And around the time of the earthquake that happened in Haiti, which some might remember Mm -hmm. in 2010, which was very significant. And a lot of people in the U S at that point were pivoting towards Haiti interested in how they could help. And we started a nonprofit together that would really just connect people and resources to Haiti Um, and I started a fair trade jewelry business that offered, um, employment to about 60 different artisans in the Northern mountains of Haiti. So that was our life. It was wild. It was busy. It was crazy. It was raising babies and traveling back and forth between California and Haiti quite a bit. Yeah. That's incredible. Uh, Jesse, my husband and I, we've been a a few times. Uh, We did have done some work for a nonprofit called Outside the Bowl. And they- They're all about um, not just like feeding kids, but feeding them, you know, the word of God and, you know, partnering or pairing, you know, the Bible with actual physical needs being met and meals. And um, anyway, we've been, it's it's a special place. And it's also funny, Jesse and I met in- South Africa. I know you guys didn't meet there, but we met doing some mission stuff too in another country. So it's, just, oh, it was, it's, I, I understand it. how like special that place feels um, when so much yes. like transpires there. <laughs> well, intense bonding definitely yes. happens when you're on a trip together. Yes. I always <laughs> say that. I feel like it's like another world, Like you're just removed from, you know, real life and it, it is intense bonding. That's a great way to put it. Um, so then, uh, Eric Lee was diagnosed with cancer. Um, tell me when that happened, what that looked like, how you guys found out and just what happened in your life at that time. Yeah. Kind of like I was describing before, we had a very full and busy life doing this mission work and connecting partners in the U S and traveling a lot, um, with the fair trade jewelry business and, Um, In the summer times, we would typically then host teams in Haiti that would come from the different church partners. So in 2014, we had a full year planned. Um, My husband, Eric Lee, was going to be turning 40 that year. And just as an athlete and a goal-oriented guy, he had all these just fun things planned for that year and Mm -hmm. different races and triathlons and things that he wanted to accomplish in his 40th year of life. And all of that... um, came to a screeching halt in May of that year when we received a diagnosis. Um, He had this little bump that had been growing on his hip starting in January. And because he was an athlete, um, a lot of professionals and friends that we talked to, um, you know, believed that it was some kind of sports injury, but it was strange because he wasn't feeling pain specifically in that area. And then we ended up going to a doctor and he, um, 
you know, got a PET scan, got the testing. And in May is when we found out that he actually had stage four melanoma cancer, which was just a sucker punch to the gut. I mean, we totally were blindsided. We were just getting ready to embark on a summer in Haiti of hosting lots of teams and things were busy with our ministry. And he was a healthy guy. I mean, a nutrition teacher, CrossFit coach, like so many different things. It just was crazy. Didn't make sense at all. And I really didn't have any frame of reference for cancer. I didn't have anyone close to me who had, you know, navigated cancer or anything like that. I know it's so common now. Um, But of course that sent us into a tailspin and we canceled all our summer trips and we had to, you know, sort of recalibrate into figuring out treatments and um, stage four, stage four. So it was pretty serious. And through that summer, basically his health deteriorated very quickly. And um, he went to heaven in September of 2014. Wow, that is fast. Yeah, it it was, I, honestly, it was excruciatingly long for me mm. because I was his caregiver. And so every day it was eternity. But for our family and for our friends, especially because it happened in the summer, Um, And, you know, like people do different things in the summer and they travel and you don't see everyone every day. It was so fast. Like he just slipped away so fast. I'm so sorry. Um, I know that God, I mean, I know that it's part of your story, but I'm just, I'm so sorry you endured that. I can't imagine that. Um, What, yeah, Darina, how, I mean, where, where do you turn? Like, okay, so September 2014, like what, what are you thinking? What are you feeling? What are you praying? Like what is going on inside of you at that time? I'm trying to go back to September. Mm. So um, in that season, you know, we for months had prayed so fervently for his healing. Mm-hmm. I believed that God could heal. I believe in present day miracles. Um, We had friends around the world who were on their knees with us. And it was in those last couple of weeks of his life that my prayers really shifted because I saw that he was suffering so much. And um, I started to pray for God to take him because we knew exactly where he would be. We knew that his body would be restored. And um, God gave me a strange confidence in my heart, which I was able to articulate to him that we would be okay that the girls and I would be okay and that our community would take care of us. And so in September, it was like this strange kind of relief that he was not suffering anymore. And then this overwhelming shock that I had just lost my husband in three months. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I mean, really, honestly, I can't think of another time in my life where I felt like God was more present with me every single like step and moment of the day. Um, Cause you just don't think it's in your wheelhouse as a mama to have to navigate the death of, you know, my girl's daddy. Um, they were ages two, five and eight mm-hmm. at that time. So we were in the trenches with little ones. I, yeah, no, I, I literally cannot imagine. Um, but the, how you say like you felt God's present at every step and every minute. Um, it's just crazy how he supplies us even when it's, you know, the worst tragedy that you could imagine. Um, sure. Yeah. I, and you talk about and you say that like you felt paralyzed, like you didn't feel like you could move forward without your partner. Um, tell me a little bit more about that and how you went from feeling that way to 
God um, giving you what you needed to move forward with grief and on that path and toward healing? You know, Eric Lee and I had such a unique relationship. We had such a, a marriage that was full of synergy. We had big dreams. You know, we did ministry and work together. We traveled together. Um, so we didn't have kind of the standard nine to five jobs where you even go to separate places and then come back at night and unite at the dinner table. I mean, we just, we did everything together. And so that feeling of being paralyzed at the beginning was just realizing that not only was I losing my husband, but also that um, I was losing my career. I was losing my ministry. Um, I was losing, you know, there were so many secondary losses mm -hmm. in that because of the way that our lives were intertwined. And so part of that feeling paralyzed was just realizing, oh my goodness, how in the world am I going to move forward when like everything I, I have is enmeshed and in, intertwined with, you know, things that we have done together. Yeah. Um, so I really had to go on this journey of, you know, obviously just tethering myself to the Lord and rooting myself in Christ in a new way as a mama, as a widow, as a single person in the midst of a community full of families. Um, and then also just figuring out how and where I would move forward. Mm -hmm. So one of the biggest decisions that I had to make during that season was that, you know, what would I do about our ministry? And I made a really, really hard decision to step away from our ministry in Haiti and to, you know, basically just devote my time to being at home with my kiddos and navigating my grief with them um, and just kind of figuring out a way forward. I just, I knew I couldn't handle the stress and the weight of leading the ministry, leading the fair trade jewelry business, which was like thriving at that time, mm -hmm. as well as leading my household. So I really kind of returned to Central California as my home base during that season. Yeah. No, I mean, that makes sense. I, I believe that it was so hard, but at the end of the day, it's like you got to take care of your home and your, your people. And um, I think that was probably obviously what God wanted you to do. How were the girls... How did they handle that season? You know, it's interesting because um, looking back, I think they were amazing. I mean, they were growing resiliency. <laughs> mm. I mean, on a daily basis as a mom, I thought, I don't know how to do this. I don't know what to do. I, you know, I'm supposed to be leading this family. At times I felt like, I needed to be dad and mom, which is not really possible. And they were very close with their dad because of our lifestyle of traveling and doing ministry together. Um, so it was just a strange time, but God just held us. And we have an amazing community who came around us. And so that was where I really came to understand the meaning of God's name, Emmanuel, that he is with us. And I'm really passionate now as I think about it, um, that community is the way that God is with us, that he is present with us. And so we just have an amazing family and wonderful friends who sat with us in the grief, who were grieving themselves, um, you know, who took us on road trips and trips to the coast and 
you know, walked with us, ran with us, fed us. Mm -hmm. So for many months, we were so covered and cared for by our community um, that I think that kind of lifted our spirits, even though, of course, we were in this like dark time of grief ourselves and the girls each of my girls are unique, you know, just like I believe all kids are unique. And part of it may have been their, their ages and stages. And I think part of it was their personality. Um, my youngest was two. And so she watched her daddy die. Mm. She watched his body deteriorate. She was by my side all the time as I was caring for him because I didn't have much other choice. And so the physical loss of him and not really maybe understanding all the nuance of cancer, um, it was hard on her. She, you know, especially at nighttime, she had a really hard time sleeping for, well, for years. Mm. And, um, my middle daughter was the one who was probably the most fragile. Um, my mother-in-law, his mom used to always say that she was our tissue paper baby because mm. she was just so fragile. She would cry all the time. And at the same time, um, both of, all my kids had this like surprising joy and that's, that's kind of how grief is. It's, it's joy and pain and loss and memory and all those things dancing every day. It's, it's not like a separated thing. Like you just grieve for three months and then you're through the five stages and then it's over. Like right. that's not how it works at all. Um, and my oldest, you know, part of it may be a, her being the firstborn. Like she just really took on a role of helping me, being my partner, she had younger sisters. So, you know, just even little things in the house that she would help me or just helping watch her sisters while I was doing new chores, you know, cleaning and other things that my husband had helped us with so much. Um, and she was more reserved. She, mm -hmm. she was more quiet with her grief. Um, it was there, but she, yeah, just was more, more careful about public expression. And, mm -hmm. and really, I think being a missionary family and being, like our story was so public locally and globally. And we had so many churches that supported us. I also had this strange dance of public and private grief mm. because there were so many people that were grieving with us. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, you talk about some, you know, there's joy in there and God showing up um, and providing for you guys and community. Um, what other things or were there other ways that God surprised you like that you didn't expect either grief to look like or moving forward to look like? Um, how else did God show up that just was like, that blew you away? I think he just proved faithful to me in the little things. Um, you know, each day when you're traversing grief can be heavy and it can be overwhelming. And I had read Ann Voskamp's book, um, 1000 Gifts, about maybe three years earlier when I was pregnant with my youngest. And through reading that book, established this practice of gratitude where I would actually write out in a journal the things that I was thankful for, the tiny things, the big things, the answers to prayer, all of it. And so I had really this three-year habit, this practice of writing down those things. So when I was in that space in 2014, um, I just began to do that. Yeah. <laughs> I just began to look around me and open my eyes. And even if a day was dark and hard, I would write down all the things. And God just showed up in just the most stunning sunsets. 
he showed up in, you know, moments of laughter that I would have with the girls. Um, he showed up in really big, miraculous ways through finances. We had accrued um, probably more, more close to like $75,000 worth of medical bills. Mm-hmm. And so I had this season of trying to deal with that. And even through that, just story upon story of people who wrote us checks and people who did auctions on our behalf and even the hospital that forgave some of our bills. Um, I had a lady who I didn't even know in my community who read my story, who sent me a $12,000 check, which was a bonus that she had been given that she just felt like God was saying she needed to send me. I mean, just crazy, miraculous things. And every single penny of that $75,000 was paid not through a minute of my work or my own income. It was through our community. Mm -hmm. So things like that where God was like, I've got you. I've got you. And I'm not, you know, I'm not at all trying to say for any of our listeners that, you know, God always pays our bills. Like we certainly had many times in our missionary lives where we, you know, (laughs) struggled through that and didn't have money or, you know, but God showed up in other miraculous ways where people would bring us food or clothes for the kids or whatever. And so it's like Jehovah Jireh, God is our provider during that time. Was so powerful for mm-hmm. me. That's so cool. It's amazing. It, it just, it blows me away. I hear stories like this. I mean, often like it just, when there's huge chunks like that and just people showing up um, for their people and it just, yeah, um, that's amazing. Um, Darina, how did you go from that season, um, to being ready to, to being open to, you're married now to Sean, like when did Sean arrive on the scene? Um, what did that, what did that look like? Yes. Well, this is such a fun story because Sean actually arrived on the scene back in that very first mission trip that I went to Haiti. I met Eric Lee and Sean at the same time. So um, Sean was a good friend of Eric Lee's from the college group at our church. They were both track athletes and runners. And so of course had a connection and a friendship through that um, shared hobby. And so I got to meet Sean way back in the beginning. He was my prayer partner on that same trip. And it was so wild how God knit Sean into our lives as well. Um, he was, as I said, just a good family friend. He supported our ministry financially and prayerfully through the years. And he would always um, come and visit us in California. He had a job back in Maryland. So he lived in Maryland for nine years um, in Baltimore area. And still he would like Fresno and, and Central California was like his home base where he grew up. So he would always come and visit us. He would stay with us. Um, We had a tradition of going out to Ethiopian food with him and, you know, just so many ways that we were intertwined. So Sean uh, was very much a part of our lives. And after Eric Lee's death, um, Sean, being an athlete, he was running an Ironman um, triathlon back in Maryland, and he dedicated it to Eric Lee. Um, he had just flown out for Eric Lee's funeral and helped me and participated in that. And then he went home and a few weeks later, he was a part of this triathlon. And I started to see later, like he posted all these pictures on Facebook and just honored Eric Lee. And he had an amazing race where he improved so much and just, you know, really dedicating it to his friends. So just, 
I don't remember exactly the time, but a few weeks later, I just decided I wanted to call him and thank him. He was, mm-hmm. a, you know, a close friend of ours. And so I called him and we just, we just had a great conversation. I mean, I had absolutely no motive in calling him except to th- genuinely thank our friend. And we just talked on the phone and, um, you know, through that time, it was like one phone call turned into the next, turned into the next. And my girls were going through a grief circle for kids at that time. And so once a week, they would be at this therapy circle. And so we started to establish this sort of rhythm that during their therapy, I would call Sean because I was just waiting in the car for my kids. And he and I just um, connected. And it was so, it was safe for me because he was someone who knew Eric Lee. He was grieving with me. Um, and he was also a running coach. So he would encourage me with my running and that kind of thing. Um, so long story short with that, we, <laughs> we never imagined that God would bring something out of that. But he had can't come to visit. Um, he was announcing at a, a local race that he had started years ago. And he came to visit us. And whenever Sean was in town, he would always come to our house for dinner. And so I just said, hey, if you're going to be in town, come have dinner with the girls and me. And I remember like opening the door and him coming in the door and in my heart, I knew I was like, whoa, something's <laughs> completely different. <laughs> and I was so afraid of it. You yeah. Know, that heart flutter that happened. But of course, because of our context and because we were grieving, I was like, Lord, help me. Like, I don't, I don't want to step into anything in a rash sort of way mm-hmm. or anything that would harm my kids or make them go through something they're already on this difficult journey. Um, you know, I just spent months in prayer and it was interesting because some of the very trusted friends and mentors, including my mom, who I'm very close with, unanimously, they were like, we've been praying for this. Like we specifically have been praying and feeling like Sean was the person that got for you. Yeah. It was, it was almost like, I felt like there was almost this conspiracy against yeah. me because I would work myself up to tell someone just to get wise counsel. And then they would return saying, I've already been praying about this. Like you're <laughs> poor girl. You're sitting there like trying to like admit something in your heart. And they're like, yeah, uh-huh, we know this is what we're going for. Yeah. Pretty much everyone. That was their response. So that is yeah. wild. That it is was, crazy. But not I mean, crazy. that's how it's I like, knew. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was the affirmation I needed because, of course, I was so unsure of myself. My heart was broken. I, I came out of such a flourishing marriage. Um, and one thing happened in particular, you know, besides the friends and the mentors who are so supportive. And I, I just begged everyone to pray. I was like, if this <laughs> is not what's supposed to happen, would you just pray for me that I would have courage um, you know, to follow whatever God wants me to do. And I remember praying one morning, we had this big red couch and I was sitting on my red couch. I was looking out our window at our Japanese maple tree, which was kind of like my quiet time that I had maybe, you know, half an hour every morning before my girls woke up. And I just prayed, God, show me, you know, is are you leading me towards Sean? And, you know, what should I do in this situation? And I just, I felt, this is kind of wild to say, but I know other widows who have had some similar experiences, but I just felt like I, I had Eric Lee's presence next to me. Mm-hmm. And he just said, like, this is my friend, Sean. Like, I give you permission. This is like somebody who I would hand select to care for my girls. And it was just such a, um, 
just such a sweet moment where God allowed me to have that peace that passes understanding in my heart. And from that time, even though it was scary, I knew. I knew like God had resonated it in so many ways that this is where he was leading us. Um, So we ended up sharing with more people kind of publicly that we were dating and uh, we ended up getting engaged in August um, and we got married in January of 2016. Mm -hmm. That is a beautiful story that you obviously never would have dreamed up yourself. And I think that is what I just, I love so much about God, like in my own life, it's like everybody, I say this to Jesse so often, we'll be traveling, we'll be out somewhere, like you're out in the world and you see all these people and you think like everybody has some story that God is like weaving and making and creating so beautifully that like we could never come up with on our own. And it just blows me away that like, you're one girl, but like he has so much care and so much intention and so much like craft in your story and in your life. And like, that's how much he cares about us. And I just think that is incredible, like how he showed up like that for you. Yeah. I like to call it his glory story. Yeah. I, I think that, you know, he gives us all these little glimpses of glory along the way that lead us to those things that he has for us. And it's so sweet because it's just a fraction. It's just a reflection of, you know, this big G huge glory that he has for us in the future. Um, but it's just one of those ways that I believe we are invited to participate. And like you said, be cared for by God. And it ha- it shows up sometimes into these small little ways and sometimes in miraculous big things. Yeah. Darina, what would you say God has taught you? I mean, obviously a million things or shown you um, just over the years, like walking through a tragedy of becoming a widow and then healing and starting new again. Like what are some of the things that God has just like really impressed on your heart that just have changed you or just changed the way you think or live your life? Mm. Oh goodness. I could mm-hmm. hardly, hardly pick a few. There's so many, but... I've written about a lot of them, um, and this is why I'm writing and speaking our story. I think a few central ones, you know, first of all, is that God meets us in our grief. Um, He is a God of comfort, and I'm passionate about that because I think a lot of times in our culture, we try to skip past the grief. We try to, you know, pull up our bootstraps or, you know, try to be brave. Some of these phrases where, um, yeah, for sure, God grants us courage in the midst of struggle. But I also believe that he sits and grieves with us. And the Bible is so clear about that. I mean, I think about the story of Mary and Martha when Lazarus died and how, you know, Jesus knew that a miracle was coming. He knew that Lazarus was going to be raised from the dead, but he still paused in the midst of that with his friends. And I just imagine him kind of sitting down on the curb and just crying with them. And that story has ministered to me so much in my grief journey and even empowered me as a mama that when my kids are grieving and they do that, each of them in very unique ways, that we have permission to grieve. And in fact, it unites us with the heart of God. It brings us closer to the heart of God. Um, And so 
you know, whether it's a personal loss that we're grieving or we've moved to a new place or, you know, we've lost a job and moved to a new ministry or even some of the bigger things that are swirling in our world right now um, where there is loss and there is injustice and there's sickness that is in a pandemic, you know, he meets us in the grief of that. So that's one of the big things that he has taught me, uh, which, you know, honestly, if anyone knows Enneagram, I'm an Enneagram seven. Mm -hmm. So I've got, you know, positivity and enthusiasm and joy. Like those are my gifts. Those are my wheelhouse. And it's, it's counterintuitive really to take time to grieve, to be sad, to, to sit in the melancholy, but God has taught me so much about the value of that um, in these last six years since Eric Lee went to heaven. Yeah. Um, thank you for sharing that. Um, Darina, tell us a little bit what life looks like now for you guys uh, with Sean and your girls um, running. You guys coach running together too? Yes, we do. Yeah. Um, I'm living... I'm living a whole new life. I feel like I've gotten several different lifetimes. That's how God is. Sometimes he, mm-hmm. he gives us, you know, big curves in the road or a big right-hand turn. And so we, our home base now is Central California, although we still do have connection and heart friends in Haiti. And I am full-time working as an author, a speaker, you know, writing and my kids are in school full time. Um, so when they're at school, mommy is doing her work, you know, being on podcasts and speaking and mm-hmm. I travel. I do a lot of speaking in the schools as well because I have a children's book. Um, and my husband, Sean, is, you know, in the daytime, he works in financial investments, but our our love is running. So we coach track and field and cross country at our girls' school Uh, which is really sweet because it's coming full circle. It's back at the same school where Eric Lee went to school and he taught and he coached. Um, So there's, you know, many that are still connected in that community who I got to coach years ago with him when I was a track coach. And we also coach a local running team that raises money for Haiti. So we're getting ready to start that up at the end of July we train um, whoever would like to, whether you're coming off the couch or you've mm-hmm. been running for lots of years. Um, for three months, we train people to run a half marathon and it's like a fundraiser for Haiti and we choose a project every year. So like the last couple of years, we've been focusing on building a widow's home in the Northern mountains of Haiti. Um, so our life is full in such a different way than my life looked 10 years ago. Like like we've been talking about, you know, this yeah. is never the story I imagined writing, but I'm so grateful for, you know, the ways that God continues to open doors. And I know that my calling is to share about how to chase God's glory through difficult circumstances and how we can still flourish after loss. Yeah. Darina, can you tell me what you feel God has set you free from? I love that question. (laughs) And I've been thinking about that. Uh, because I know it's the theme of your podcast. Mm -hmm. You know, really, I feel like God has set me free from the bondage of grief. And I want to clarify that, you know, my grief journey is not over. I will continue to grieve the loss of my husband, Eric Lee, until I go to heaven. Like, this is part of my story. It's part of my journey. 
But I do believe there's a place where grief can take over our hearts and our emotions and bring us down. And I never imagined that we would be able to move forward. And I don't think it's only, you know, if a widow remarries that she is somehow moving forward. There's a lot of different scenarios. And I have so many widow friends um, through our widow ministry that I have in contact with. And, you know, there's so many different paths. But I do believe that we can get to a place where there is healing, that we are moving forward. And that's certainly happened in my life. And so it doesn't mean I don't think about Eric Lee. We try to honor him in so many different ways. Um, But I don't feel that heaviness of grief that brings me down daily, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Yep. That makes a lot of sense. Um, thanks for sharing that too. I, I was thinking about that and just like what that what life looks like for you guys and including him and honoring him. Um, and I think that's so cool that Sean, I mean, he knew him well. So I'm sure it's not just like you married somebody and you're trying to honor him. It's I'm sure both of you do, um, which is just yeah, really cool. Unique. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, I love the way he participates in in our story in that way. I mean, our girls all the time are like, oh, you know, to, to Sean, they'll say, can you tell us a story about daddy? Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. Um, Darina, where can we follow along um, everything that you're up to uh, see more about? So it's a devotional that's coming out in September. Yes, yes. Tell me a little bit about that and then where we can follow along all you're up to. Yes, well, Walk, Run, Soar launches September 29th, and we're really excited about this project we got to work on together. And again, just honoring Eric Lee through lots of stories in that devotional as well. Um, We are hosting a virtual race. That's kind of our launch party that is going to happen the last week of October. Um, so people anywhere in the country or world can participate because it's virtual. So fun. And they can get a copy of the book and a medal and a little race number and run in their neighborhood or for friends that are local that we're going to run together. So that's what we're looking forward to this fall. And if people want to you know, find out more details, they can just go to my website, which is com, And I'm on all social media as Darina Gilmore as well. Okay, perfect. Um, Check it out, people listening. Um, I'm so grateful that Becky, a mutual friend, introduced us, but I'm just um, inspired by your story and how God has, you know, moved in your life and how you've accepted it and healed and moved forward. And um, I don't know, I just, I, I think it's really encouraging to hear other people's stories and hear what God is doing and how he is moving because I think he's doing that in all of our lives in different ways. And um, I just, I thank you for sharing what he's doing in your life. I'm so grateful to be invited. Thank you. Yeah. Again, don't forget to check out the show notes where we have all of the info and links and resources we talked about in the show. You can go to beckymorkecho.com, B-E-C-K-Y, M-O-R-Q-U-E-C-H-O dot com. Thanks for listening in.